0: Rebel Souls, welcome back to the Rebel Rising podcast with me, your host, Katie. And today I am joined by the beautiful Rosie from Rosie Coaching, who is going to talk to us all about her journey as an entrepreneur and in particular as a mindset and business coach. Rosie. Welcome, welcome. Hello. I loved that intro. I I feel like um, I've been
1: manifesting working on radio recently.
0: Yes. Yes. And I don't like to go into too much detail into the introduction. I want you to tell us. So I want you to like bring me back a little bit and we'll start there and tell me about you as a person, your journey so far and life and business. And what do we need to know to know Rosie? Okay. Oh, it's a big question, isn't it? So
1: I am Rosie. I'm a business and mindset coach and breathwork facilitator Um, I have been on this entrepreneurial journey for about three years now. It's actually three years next month. Um, I help women that are in the online space. I help them. I think my approach is slightly different. I suppose, Katie, I think you definitely do this as well. But I love to look at the human behind the brand before I start looking at the strategy that they're using. Um, And I love to help women build a business that they actually want to wake up to um, and make lots of money in the process while truly impacting the people around them. So it's kind of like a ripple effect. Um, I started my journey as a content creator, as in writing copy and creating graphics and things like that. So it started with, it actually started with a blog. I don't know if you know this. It started with a self-love blog and a mindset blog. Yes, yes. I do. Yeah. It was so fun actually in lockdown I thought I'm just going to start writing so I started writing about um travel, sex, mindset, self-love and I built this community and people started sending me in their stories and things like that and then somebody asked me can you write some copy for me and I loved that side of things and eventually mm-hmm. I realized that I was coaching people in the process and I was like this is this is what I'm here to do like this is what makes my heart burst every day. Um, And my business has really taken off through community building, for sure. I've definitely built an amazing community online. Um, And yeah, it is focused around the mindset and business um, in lots of different ways. And now I get to support so many amazing women on their journeys and connect with beautiful humans like you.
0: Oh, and we connected actually. Our first connection was in a mastermind that we did together back in... What, March 21, was it? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. And uh, we've been friends ever since, so two years. I literally forgot that's where we met when you said that. I was like, when did we first meet?
1: But yeah, Yeah. yes. And I feel that actually I I just like loved you in that mastermind. I was like, I need this human in my life.
0: Uh, (laughs) We connected, I think pretty quickly and we connected pretty deeply as well like we just were both you know hearts on our sleeve and Mm. tell it as it is and we very much connected I think on a deeper level than just you know business so oh yeah
1: and I feel like now you know some of my deepest darkest secrets so like you know that's it I can't not be friends with you now (laughs) literally that's the I love that about business. Like I truly have made the best of friends. Mm,
0: yeah. Yeah. And like we've never met in real life. We've never met in actual real life. We have to, we need to. I was saying this yeah. one of my friends this morning. It's
1: weird because I feel like I've met everyone in real life, but I haven't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's it. And I think, I think this year will be a, a big, that we'll see a big change here. I think everyone wants to meet up in person more so and have that connection. Yeah. So I want to ask you about your community because you have got a rocking community from what I see looking in. So tell me, like, firstly, why that, why community is important to you? Um, community has always
1: been important to me. And I think this very much stems from when I was younger, I, so I'm one of five siblings. I always had, you know, all of my cousins and all of my family around. My, my mom and dad always had parties when I was younger and I've always been used to having big groups of people around me. Mm. And I love that. And that makes me feel safe and that makes me feel loved. And I've got a lot of love to give as well. So everywhere I go, I seem to build it's not even surface level connections. It's like deeper connections with people. And like you said, I do, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very open and honest and real Mm. and maybe sometimes a little bit too much. But when (laughs) I have, when I was building my business, I built that off the back of building a community that was literally me thinking, What experience have I got in life as a young woman in her twenties, not anymore, but in her twenties that can really help people. And Mm. it naturally happened. And I feel that I'm, I'm great at managing big groups, not managing, but you know, like just holding the space for big groups, Mm -hmm. um, understanding different personalities, um, kind of knowing where where I'm going to take calls and things like that, for example. And I feel mm-hmm. that that's one of my superpowers. So I've been able to create that really safe space for lots of different personalities and people. So naturally, it's just expanded. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. And you're, you are very open and honest online. Like, I love that about you. You'll be there, you know, making your your coffee in the morning, going live and just, do you know, sometimes I wish I could do that, but it, it just wouldn't be possible in my house with two kids running around in the morning, getting ready for school. I <laughs> don't think anyone wants to see that. Um, but yeah, I love that. So I'd love, you know, I'd be there getting ready myself and I'd be plugging into Rosie's live and my kids would be shouting in the background. But it's really nice just to be like, oh, on in the morning, having a chat. And I think you really bring people, you really bring people in. And one thing I can see from, again, like the outside looking in and from knowing you is that you never put yourself on a pedestal. No. Ever. No. And I love that. And I've actually, I I did a post about it only the other day. And I was saying that, you know, if you are out there trying to be an authority and trying to put yourself on a pedestal above others, you're never actually going to be the authority. You're just going to repel people. So I think the reality of it is I'm not on a
1: pedestal, right? So I'm just a normal person running a really successful business, but I'm just a young woman that has life going on and that sometimes has shit going on. And I feel that when we put ourselves on a pedestal, or we we forcefully try and position ourselves as an authority, it's exactly like you said, people are going to look at us and either think, oh, she's way too polished and perfect, so I don't want to work with her, or oh, she's way too far ahead, or that doesn't seem achievable to me. So mm-hmm. I have realized very much, I don't know if you'll agree with this, in business, the more that I show up as me and the more that I show up unpolished, in, you know, my my old jumper, with my hair in a bun, real, raw, rosy, people trust me more. People feel safe with me. And every single client that I work with, I send them a feedback form and I ask them, what made you sign up with me? And I would say probably 95% of people have always included in that answer. I felt really safe with you because you were so real and raw and you made things feel so achievable for me. And I was like, that's my evidence. That's literally my evidence, you know?
0: Yeah. And so a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of people struggle to show up as their authentic self, let's put it. And I always think sometimes it's a lot to do with our own self-awareness of ourself and, you know, and, and trusting ourselves. Would you say that that was something that you naturally did, or did it take like time and work to do that to show up in your your rawness? You know what? I don't like this answer that I'm about to give because it almost portrays
1: the image that I can't help people that struggle, but no, it's not something that I found hard. And I think that that's because my whole life, it's been really, really safe to be me. And that's in my family environment, in school, um in, you know, I grew up in Spain. I was very different when I, was moved to Spain at 10 years old. I was always really different in a classroom. Nobody even looked like me. Um, obviously no one sounded like me because they were all Spanish. And I was the only English kid in the class. So it always stood out and I, that it was always safe to do that. Mm. Um, I think with, with people that find that extremely difficult, I, I usually look at two things. So it's, they either hold a belief that it's not safe to be themselves, that they have to be this version of themselves in order to see success or achieve what they want to achieve, or it's that lack of self-awareness and they don't realize that their day-to-day actions are reactive. They think that they need to respond to people's perspective of them and the identity that people have formed of them. And sometimes I see people that I think this isn't you, this isn't naturally you and you can tell, but you don't even know that. And that's Mm. literally because you are responding to an identity that people have formed of you and that you think you need to live up to. And I find that really sad. But I do help people. A lot of my clients really struggle to show up as themselves. And they do come to me with that. I've helped loads of people with that because I ask the right questions, I suppose.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what about... So what about, right, that in feminine energetics, um, we always, we talk about showing up as your higher self. So showing up as a woman you want to be versus like, so where you are, where, where you want to be versus where you are now. And that a lot of the time can look like, you know, can look like someone who is more polished. I've had these conversations with my clients, with my own mentor. Um, even with the clothes that we wear and, you know, the things that we wear. So what's your opinion on that then? Okay. So, oh, I've got so
1: much to say, right? So I thought that Rosie that runs a six figure business or Rosie that earns over a hundred K a year, she wears a blazer, she wears red lipstick. She um, has her hair done and her nails are immaculate and this, like the other. that is not the case. Clearly. <laughs> So I'm, I've got the evidence of that, but my priorities are different as well, right? So mm-hmm. for me, it's really important that I do go for my morning walk and do meditation and get shit done in the day. Mm-hmm. So it's not always possible for me to look a certain way in order to achieve my results. So it's mm-hmm. about priorities. However, I love the embodiment and I love the, this makes me feel amazing. So I'm gonna do those things in order to take action. And if that's you, a hundred percent go for that but when mm-hmm. I think of my higher self it's not so much about where where we always talk about where is she you know like what that's sort of, it's like who is she and for mm-hmm. me it's always she has really good intentions so as long as everything that I do is backed with good intention then I trust that I'm on the right path now I just wanna to add to that as well, not to go off on a complete tangent, Katie, but I think that we do have to ask ourselves sometimes, is this the action that my higher self would take? And I think that question is, is relevant in so many situations, especially on our entrepreneurial journey because of things like investing. How would I show mm-hmm. up to things like that? But that doesn't necessarily directly link back to your image. It links back to what's going on inside you.
0: And I could definitely, and that is huge. And actually, I have a sticky note on my computer here and it says seven figure future self. So it's for my decision making when I'm making decisions on things in my business, right? Um, And it's just a, a little reminder, a little cue. Now, when it comes to my productivity, what I have learned is that I work better when I am dressed When Mm. I have, when I feel good in, you know, what I'm wearing, like today I'm in a hoodie. That's okay. But it's, I have my makeup on, I have my hair done. I feel better and more productive when I am fully dressed and fully made up. And I've always been like that. Like I was the type of girl that didn't leave the house without makeup for years. And it was just because it made me feel better in myself. Right. And I will yeah. have days where I don't have any makeup on and I've got hair in a bun. And I'm just getting shit done, but I still feel the days where I do, I actually get more done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? I, um, I see that in a lot of people as well. And I suppose actually mine, there is that in my life, but it just looks different. So for me,
0: mm.
1: I promise you, if I don't go for a morning walk, my day is not going to be productive. It's not. I Mm. haven't cleared my head. I've not got fresh air in my body. And it's just not going to be a productive day. Um, But you know, when I see people online and they're like going into their next level and they have the haircut or they have the photo shoot or something like that, I'm like, yes, I'm so here for that. But I know that my productivity is more based around what my morning looks like.
0: Yes, and your self-care. And you are a self-care queen. Yeah, well... In some ways. Are oh, you absolutely are. In terms of consistency, I think you are definitely one of the most consistent people that I know in terms of like your self-care, getting up, doing your morning walk, doing your meditation, all of that. um, And consistency, that's something I have struggled with. And I think so I'm a manifesting generator within human design. And I think it's because I get bored with the same routine all the time. I'm like, oh, I do this for two weeks and I'm like, oh, fuck it. I, I need to do something else.
1: Mm. Can I just say for manifesting generators for you and anyone that's listening, because I know a lot of people do like kind of look at me and they're like, how do you do that morning routine all the time? I don't. First of all, I'm not like, you know, every single day is the same, but there are things that I will be like this. I need today. I need this thing today, but for manifesting generators and people that do feel like they get bored, stick a post-it note on your wall or wherever on your kettle and just have body, mind, soul. So what can you do Mm. in half an hour that is for those three things? And if it's like a 10 minute walk or stretch or a boogie in your kitchen, um, a 10 minute meditation or journal or some really high vibe music. Um, you know, something that just gives to you and pours into your cup before you pour into everyone else's in the world, because it's going to be beneficial for everyone. And you can find a routine that doesn't look the same every day, but that just says to yourself, I did that for me today,
0: you know? Yes. And ice baths actually is one thing that that I've been And I wouldn't say daily, daily consistency. It was in the first few weeks in January to get myself into that, you know, habit of actually enjoying them as well, because it takes time to enjoy them. (laughs) But uh, the, you know, the first few weeks are hard and then you get to, it it becomes addictive. It's like, I actually really like this. I'm getting a dopamine hit. I'm getting, you know, all the good feels from this. Um makes me feel really good. And I do a lot of mind work visualizations when I'm in the ice bath. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm probably close on 50 ice baths this year now. And that's not daily, but I'm still that for me is consistent. Like some yeah. people, like my husband, will be like, Yeah, but you don't do them every day. And I'm like, Yeah, but I've still done nearly 50 this year, and I mark them in a little book. So that is something consistent. So consistent doesn't have to look like every day for some people. It might be three Mm. times a week.
1: Yeah. Do you know what, as women as well, we're not consistent human beings. We're not consistently in the same state because of our cycle. So I'd love to know, I want to ask you a question about the ice baths, but also the, apparently, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. You shouldn't do ice baths at a certain stage of your cycle in your loop. Luteal, am i saying it right luteal phase
0: luteal phase yeah
1: yeah um you shouldn't have because the cold isn't so good so your food should be hot your water should be room temperature um i follow way too many like womb healing women um
0: mm, yeah <laughs> um, but it's so interesting
1: yes so apparently ice baths around that stage of your cycle aren't really recommended. Maybe have a okay. look into ice baths I freak out at. Like I've done them and I do them, but I'm not like, I haven't done 50 this year. Um How
0: have you found that? Like what's tell me the side effects, please. I, I genuinely feel like a better person when I do them in that day. And that's honestly, I feel happier. I feel calmer. I feel like I've achieved something. Yes. Um, yeah, overall, it's my mind. Um, also, I feel less bloated.
1: I literally saw that the other day on someone's story that it helps yeah. you bloat. It's a sense of accomplishment, isn't it? Because you've done something mm. that's uncomfortable straight away.
0: Yes. And it's hard, like it's hard. So the, But now it's getting easier in the fact that the first 10 seconds are tough because it's that hit of cold. But once you calm into it and calm your breath, and actually this will bring us on nicely to talk about breath work. Once you calm your breath and you control your breath, mm. it doesn't feel cold anymore. So it's only the initial ten seconds. Mm. So the hard part is getting in, and yeah. once you can get over that in your mind and get into the cold water, everything else is just be- it's just benefits. And I know friends of mine that have been doing them consistently, like every day for months. And they're doing like uh, one of one of the guys, he does them in a lake. So when that lake is frozen, middle of winter, he goes out with a, a, I don't know, hammer and smashes the lake to get into the freezing cold lake. I'm like, oh, my God, we do them in our hot tub, which isn't turned on. We have it set at a cold temperature. Um, so we do them in that. It's really handy. But he has a lake for his back garden, so he does them in the lake, but he hasn't caught a cold or a flu or anything. And he's doing them since last September. So now six months, I'd say he hasn't been sick. So immunity, immune support, because you're putting your body, what's happening is you're putting your body under stress that it's normally not on under. So it has to figure out how to and like, I don't know the science all behind this, but it has to figure out how to get out of that stressful situation of the cold itself. And it's it builds up your immune system so much. So there's so many different benefits to it Mm. i also think my sleep has improved now that i think of it my sleep has improved
1: there's so 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 many benefits and i love that the world is like really opening their eyes to it now i saw i read this study ages ago it was in a magazine so it was actually ages ago because i don't remember the last time i bought a magazine it was about a (laughs) a lady who had depression but she didn't want to take antidepressants she wanted to Mm. try and naturally um I don't know if cure is the right word, but kind of like be, like deal with it, I suppose, is the yeah, right word. Balance. Mm. Swimming in a cold lake. She worked with a psychologist, I believe, and swimming in a cold lake twice a week was something that she, had, she said that had the most impact. So mm. yeah, huge.
0: Yeah, massive impact. And I actually listened to a podcast with um, Stephen Bartlett, the diary of a CEO, and he had a guy on there called, I think it was Gary Beckett or something like that. And he said he would recommend like it's better than any diet or exercise to submerge your body into cold water because calories are heat. Right. And when you get into the cold water, it actually burns calories. I was like, yes, another benefit to doing this. So it's just amazing, like the benefits. But I think there's so much studies now and science coming out about it. It's becoming a very interesting time in wellness in general. Like you have recently become a breathwork practitioner. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I, this was actually one of the most exciting things that
1: I have done in my business. I went through a little phase last year I was like I'm bored I'm bored of this and I need to do something because I when I get bored if I don't change something up I'm walking away and um Mm -hmm. I experienced breath work about not a year ago less than last June right do you want me to give you a bit of the backstory on my story of breath work yeah
0: absolutely
1: So not to completely divert, okay, but I just feel that this is actually important to talk about. I'm very passionate about breathwork and I even, you know, I've said this to you, I'm not a hundred percent have all the education and science. I have it available to me, but I don't have it ingrained in my brain yet. So Mm -hmm. that's not the route I want to go down, but I want to talk about my story behind it, how it's impacted me and my clients and how it could impact somebody that's listening to this. So Mm -hmm. Very, you're probably going to think this is quite unrelated, but it's not. I, while, you know, growing up, had a lot of toxic relationships, right? And I remember just questioning, like, why do I keep going back to these people? Like, why is this in my life? And then as my, I kind of like went down my self-development route and journey, I realized that, you know, it's not, completely me but there was something within me that found familiar familiarity Katie say it for me familiarity in that familiar Um, I can't say it either oh my god there's something that was familiar for me there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I felt that so as I you know my early 20s I was in quite I was in an abusive relationship and I held a lot of trauma in that and it was I stored that in my body. And then I went on this journey of healing, I suppose, which very much looked like six months of me going out partying and then realizing that I wanted to, well, I didn't want to run away, but I was running away and I was traveling and it was lovely and I had loads of great experiences, but I learned so much about myself and I always felt that I was carrying this trauma. Now, at that time, I didn't know anything about like somatics or anything like that. So I didn't know that I would be carrying trauma in my body. I thought it was all in my mind. And I was doing Mm -hmm. things like speaking therapy and, you know, reading books and listening to podcasts and just trying to put a plaster on this thing rather than actually like looking at the thing and being like, okay, what's wrong? How do we deal with this? And... I was in Bali last year and I was having a bit of a life breakdown. These happen often. I speak about it quite openly. It's okay. You know, like I was just having a bit of, yeah. Yeah. It was just a a time. And there was this breathwork session and I was like, I'm going to go to it on my own. I'm going to go on my own and I'm just going to see what it's about. So I went, drove up to this hut in like the middle of nowhere, kind of climbed over like a wooden pillar thing to get into the heart. I was like, am I in the right place? Anyway, it was the weirdest situation. Are they going to murder me in here? It's <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, I got in and it was the most awkward thing in the world. Like I'm, I'm a spiritual human, but I will not deny that some of it is very awkward and cringy for me. And I was in this bamboo hut and, um, they was like, you know, get up and look each other in the eye. And I was like, I'm dying inside. And then they were like, touch each other's hands. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> so we was doing all this stuff. And then anyway, we what they were doing was getting us really comfortable in our surroundings and getting us connected with everybody that was around us. I was thinking, oh my God, they're going to ask me to dance. I can't do that. <laughs> I I laid down and we went through this really intense, I think it was 90 minute breathwork session. And I was crying my eyes out and all of my, so you get this thing called tetany, which I'm sure you've experienced where your hands cramp up and it's just because of all of the oxygen that you're calling into your body, basically. Mm-hmm. I was getting it, but I was getting it all around my mouth, which was a sign of control for me because there was so much that I hadn't said. And there was okay. so much that I wasn't saying in my day to day life. I was getting it all up my thighs. The practitioner came over and he actually laid me on my side. He was holding my head, you know, you're safe, you're safe, all of this stuff. I left that hut a different woman. It was like all of the trauma that I had picked up through these toxic relationships that I thought were normal, which I don't know why. um, All of the years of therapy, I've had four or five counsellors and therapists now. It's like somebody had just got the, the trash and just taken it out and thrown it in the bin. And I was like, don't I need to go through it? In my head, I'm thinking, don't I need to go through what that was? But I didn't. I didn't. I just needed to move that energy. I just needed to remove, you know, you don't have to go through the trash. It's just about moving that energy through your body and letting go and releasing. And then after that session, I was like, the amount of release that I felt, I have to show other people this. I can't not show other people and I thought, wow, imagine if you bought that into business, because the amount that we project into our businesses that's from our past, yeah. like what if I could support my clients and my ladies to actually work on that as well as everything else that we can do? Imagine where the businesses will be. Mm. And yeah, I saw, I follow this really amazing lady called Jamie, Jamie Jenko, and she was offering um, a facilitator course. There was no question in my mind. I was like, yes, yeah, sign me up now. As soon as I can Mm -hmm. join, I'm there. I don't care if it's at 2 a.m. And then, yeah, we went on this course and I've just learned so much from an amazing teacher. And I feel like I've gone on for quite a long time with that story, Katie.
0: (laughs) No, that has been absolutely beautiful to hear and to to hear it. I love I love the way you talk about your journey so openly and honestly and because I'm definitely here for those conversations and it's one thing I wanted to really bring to this podcast was the realness like you know the struggles and, and everything else. Um, my first experience with breathwork I've never done an in-person you know breathwork I don't know retreat experience whatever you want to call it which I would absolutely love to do. Um, but I have done virtual and I did a breathwork session and I like, I can't explain what happened. It was very strange. It was a longer session. It was like 90 minutes, right? Um, but there, and I can't remember them now, but there were memories that came up from childhood that I had never seen before. Things that that I had never seen before, that I was visualizing very, very clearly. And I was getting very emotional afterwards. Like the next day, I couldn't remember what those memories were. Yeah. And I was still I'm still I still can't remember what they were. But like you said, it's like you don't have to go through it. It's releasing it from your body, which is incredible, because then we don't have to go through it and over and over and over in our minds. So powerful. Mm. It is really is.
1: When you, you know, we obviously operate on that. We've got obviously 5% conscious, 95% Mm -hmm. that is subconscious. And that frontal cortex of your brain kind of, I believe it's that we drain the blood from the frontal cortex of the brain, which allows us to tap way deeper into that subconscious mind. That's why as a facilitator, you've got to be... Very mindful of what may come up. So you have to do a, a course all around, you know, it's a trauma toolbox so that you become trauma-informed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you're you also, your clients are in a very suggestive place. So you have to be very careful with what you put out to them. So throughout the session, it will be questions so that they can come up with their answers or find their answers. It will never be me suggesting to you that you are x or you are y or you should do this or you know it's never about that it's about you finding the things that's why i find it so powerful because you get to tap into that part that we find it so hard to tap into or that we don't even know is there because it's literally like unconscious right
0: Mm. and do you think like so the experience i had and obviously the one you have which was in person was a quite a long experience like 90 minutes was mine i think you said 90 minutes was it do you think people can get the same benefits from doing shorter sessions? Maybe you know more often, like every day, doing a ten-minute, fifteen-minute, twenty-minute breathwork session. I think that consistently doing breathwork, there'll always be a benefit because of the
1: every breathwork session that I have done has been transformative, and every person that I've spoke to, like yourself, there has had a similar experience where it's been truly transformative. So if you bring that into your everyday, I think that's beneficial. I think that there is a sweet spot. So what I teach is a two-part conscious connected breath and then a three-part conscious connected breath. And when you go into that three-part with breath holds, that allows you to sink deeper into Mm. the experience that you're going into. And I think that's where... You walk away from a breathwork session, a different person. And I believe there needs to be a a period of time for you to get into that state. And I believe that in a group that I'm in that we were talking the other day, there is a sweet spot. And I think it was between 18 and 23 minutes. I don't quote me on this, but I believe it was around that. And I can understand why. Because I don't feel that you could get personally in five minutes what you will get in. 35 which is why my sessions are like 90 but the breathing is about 35 so
0: yeah okay I have done um sessions brief sessions myself like I'll turn to breath work if I have a headache or something like that and it get it gets rid of it people free and it's so powerful and so fast and it gets rid of the headache so I'll do a quick five minutes of breathing and gone it's amazing
1: I I think, I don't know about you, but I believe that when we have like a headache, our thoughts go to the pain and then they amplify. Mm. So when I have, I'm actually going to sound wild right now, but when I have a headache, I breathe and I Mm -hmm. imagine that something's making that pain smaller. So, it's like literally making the pain mm. smaller and it works. There's times when it doesn't, but I'm like the girl that will not take paracetamol. I'm like, no, <laughs> I will do this.
0: Honestly, if it's a headache, I think we can get rid of it with natural ways. I don't think we need to take paracetamol. I, I do get migraines, however, and migraines, you know, they're less. Uh, they're harder. But what I find with migraines, actually, for anyone that is listening is sometimes, and I was told this when I was pregnant on my first child, um, to have a can of Coke, right? A can of Coke. So the caffeine or whatever, um, the stimulant can work for the migraine. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes it that's all I need. I could have taken paracetamol and all the things and still have the migraine. I'll go and have a can of Coke and it'll be gone. Really? So, yeah, it just depends on, I, I suppose, I don't know what type of migraine it is. But for headaches, breath, um, I also use essential oils. I find them amazing for your headaches. So copaiba and natural anti-inflammatory, peppermint, mm-hmm. those kind of things, just like on your temples. Um, I think there's so many things that we can lean to, rather, like plant medicine and ourselves as medicine, right, before we have to go for the conventional medicine. I had my my son at the doctor this morning because he's he's got a bad cough and we think he might be asthmatic. But in general, I don't really bring the kids like if they've got a virus or, you know, something going on. I avoid antibiotics because I know that it's just going to break down their immune system even further. Um, And our bodies are clever. We can fight this shit ourselves a lot of the time. Yeah, it's about trusting, you know, Mm, mm, I couldn't agree more couldn't agree more with all of that and I find it so interesting oh when I I think the first it was when so my little boy was very sick when he was born he had strep b meningitis and I think I've spoken to you about this and probably not on this podcast yet but I will go dive into it deeper but that's when I was leaning into more natural solutions because I wanted to support his immune system um And I didn't want him to be on antibiotics uh, because he was already, he was on antibiotics from day one when he, you know, the first few minutes he came out and it it saved his life. But I didn't want to be giving him constant antibiotics every time he got an ear infection as a baby or, you know, a little bit of a a cough. So I would support that with natural things like essential oils. And movement like massage in the body and and like reflexology on his feet and things like that. Mm. And it was powerful and it worked. It worked. So I'm going to shift this on a little bit. I'm going to change the conversation a bit because we've talked a lot about, I suppose, the the modalities that you use to support yourself, to support your mindset, to support your clients. But I want to know, because you mentioned earlier about, you know, you're just a girl with a successful business, right? What does success mean for you, Rosie? Waking up and
1: feeling excited about what I get to do that day and feeling happy mm. and feeling balanced and feeling peace in my life. That for me, there's, there's so much in feeling fulfilled that we... It's such a shame that we're conditioned to think that. I'm I'm just going to backtrack on this in a minute as well. But we're conditioned to think that um, the only thing that that success is defined by money, because it's not. Money's great. I love money. I want to make lots of money. I want my clients to make lots of money. Um, I want to be able to buy whatever I want whenever I want. And I don't care about saying that, okay? But when you if you said to me, hey, Rosie, choose here is a um, salary where you can pay your bills and, you know, you can have your head on once every six months and you can just, you know, like get by. You can have your car and things like that. But you get to work with the ladies that you're working with. You get to feel fulfilled. You feel happy and you feel peace in your life or here's 20 million pounds a year, but you don't feel that happy. I take this one every single day because mm-hmm. peace and fulfillment and happiness, which I don't feel every single day, is the best feeling in the entire world. And to me, yeah, just wanting to do what you're doing. How is that? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's that success, a life that you like to live. That's yes. so nice.
0: What's success to you? Well, for me it's the it's the freedom. And it actually comes back to a lot of what you've said there. And the freedom, I believe, that having the financial freedom, the time freedom, the location freedom, right, to do Because I love to travel, right? So it's that stuff brings me the happiness, the joy to be able to be with my kids and go and bring them to amazing places and travel the world and experience new environments and new cultures to have the time freedom to be able to collect them from school and bring them somewhere if I need to bring them, to have the financial freedom to give them, you know, the things that they want and the things that we want as a family like travel Mm. I think all of that freedom comes down to it's like I don't need 20 million pounds, whatever euro. I don't need that. What I want is the freedom to make the choices that I want mm. with my kids and with my life. Right. So the freedom, like the travel thing and just, I suppose, the safety around, you know, I, I can buy what I want today. I my kids want need new Trainers. I can buy the new trainers. My kids want. You know, we want to go on holiday as a family. We can buy the new hol- the holiday. It's like not having those worries, those financial stresses that I think most of us um, have seen in our families for generations. And you know, particularly, I know the the what what would we call it? The um, ancestry in Ireland was always a struggle, right? The Irish struggling with their their famine and potatoes and whatever. Right. It's like we've always had those struggles. And it's like, well, I don't I don't want to have that in my kids and in my kids DNA. I want them to grow up in a life where they feel they don't feel lack, that they feel abundant, that they feel happy.
1: Mm, mm, I couldn't Mm. agree more with that. Like for my children that I have one day, I want them to know that they can do anything absolutely anything I want them to have privilege I want them to use that wisely and I want them to make impact and yeah all of those things Mm.
0: and to like I think we're in a bubble as well I think like when we're when we're just in Ireland we don't you know same with you in the UK and I know I know that you lived in Spain for a lot of your life and you're back in the UK now but it's I suppose like you're in a bubble, right? You don't, like I want my kids to understand also the struggles that people in different countries go through. I want them to know that they have a privilege over other children and be able to help and want to help and support. So even like when I talk to my kids now and when we're doing toy clear out, like it's very clear. I'm like, what are you going to give to charity? And they know that that is to another boy or girl that doesn't have toys, right? And they they will now put things into the bag. I think we'll give this to charity. And I think starting that at a young age is really important because we do have privilege, right? And I think they need to know that, but also let them experience the world for themselves, which is, you know, something that a lot of kids don't get to do. And that's the life I want for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think what normal mother wouldn't, do you know what I mean? I feel like Mm. everybody wants that for their kids and that's so nice. I um I saw a little girl the other day giving quite a few homeless people breakfast. So her mum had obviously made them and wrapped them up, and oh, <laughs> it was the cutest oh thing. And she was really happy getting them out the bag and giving everyone like a roll. And I yeah. messaged her, and I was like, "This is the loveliest thing, because you, it makes you feel good as well. Giving makes mm. you feel amazing. So teaching your children that is, yeah." amazing. It
0: is. It is. And I think it's a, it's a, it's important because we don't necessarily always need everything that we have. There's someone out there that will need it more. And it's nice to have, you know, that mindset about things. And yes, I shop. Don't get me wrong. I buy things all the time, but I do give to charity. And, you know, I make sure that like I clear out, <laughs> I clear out this house a lot. And I will go with bags of toys and stuff to the, the charity shops. And I love to do that. And the kids like to do it, right? Um, I think it's important. And yeah, I'm definitely the type of person that will be, you know, after a few drinks, walking down Grafton Street in Dublin and see some homeless people. I'm like, take all my money. Here you go. You know, I'm I've always, always been like that. Um, There was actually a guy that sat outside our car park at our college when I was in college. And he he used to say to, to us girls, don't, don't give me money, just bring me books. And I asked him why one day. And he said, because I have, I think he said, 17 or 18 waking hours on this street and I need to occupy my mind or I will end up uh, as an addict. Mm. And I just thought that was incredible, but also horrible right you know it's like incredible that he chose that path though not to become the addict and to instead engross himself into a book is um an amazing choice
1: i think as well with people that we see that are you know the people that we see are that homeless i'm just saying this for anyone that's listening that can't maybe their money is really tight for them they literally cannot afford to Mm -hmm. give right now I think just acknowledging people, um, just acknowledging them, just looking at them and smiling, saying hello. Um, I know that's not, doesn't seem to be a big thing in the UK, but I make sure that if I walk past somebody that is, you know, way less fortunate and they're living on the streets, I just smile and say hello. And it's just like letting a lot, you hear a lot of stories that are like, I feel like I don't exist. Do you know what I mean? And. Mm just acknowledging that person like they're a human they're not not a yeah. human
0: because they live on the streets and yeah yes and you don't know their story their circumstances and i hear a lot of people criticizing homeless people to say you know oh well you know they'll they'll be drinking or taking drugs or whatever and then i ask them the question if you were on the streets in the freezing cold and you had to sit there for 18 hours a day, you might sleep for a few hours, but 18 hours a day trying to get into a hostel where you might be attacked or raped or, you know, whatever, what would you do? I said this to someone the other day. I said, I think if
1: I was out on those streets in this weather, and somebody offered me something to make me feel, make me pass out, that so I didn't have to be here for a couple of hours, I'd take it. And drug dealers do that, don't they? They literally do that to then hook them on a certain thing. Yeah, But yeah, you kind of feel like it's, you can't judge because you've literally not experienced their reality. Like, you no,
0: can. no you can't. And Fair play to there's a lot of like charities here in, in Ireland that will go out and like do a night on the streets to, you know, to raise money for charity. And I, I think it's wonderful to to do that. Um, and it's a scary place. It's not just the cold. It's there's a lot of other threats to the homeless um, on the streets. But we've gone down a totally different direction here on, on this podcast. But it's um I love I love it. I love it. And I have a big um, a big place in my heart for, for the homeless, because like that, I've always talked to them, like the girls, you know, w- I remember being in Galway one time and we were, we'd had a few drinks and there was, you know, a homeless guy on the street and like, I just kneeled down and started chatting to him, you know, um, and they were all like, what are you doing? And I was like, just talking to him to see how he is, you know, yeah. and that, that's it. Yeah. No agenda. Um. Yeah. I might have, you know, had a few drinks and whatever, but so what? I still, you know, I think, I think it's important. Yeah. And I like that, like to be seen um, and to be treated like a human. But anyway, it's, uh, it is a topic we could talk about forever. So impact is obviously important for both of us, right? Because we want to impact people in, in the right way. So tell me like when you, Visualize, like how you would impact the world? Like, how do you see it? Tell me what's Rosie's vision?
1: Oh, Katie, I'd love to help um, a lot more with women that are in abusive relationships. So obviously business-wise, I love to support women that are trying to build a life that they love to live, um, like similar mission to mine. So a life that fits in with their particular circumstance, whether that be that, you know, some of my clients are, Mum, a mum of two, and they really want to quit the nine to five or whatever, you know. But then bigger scale, it would be to hopefully run some things that raise awareness and money, but just on a bigger scale, just something that's that is it feels like do you know what I have changed someone's life? And So, for example, I decided this morning I do this. I get like random ideas when I'm in my feminine, which is just like my space. I'm open to receiving ideas and the universe drops them down to me. And I was like, right, I'm going to set up like um, a mindset mountain hike. I don't know if it's going to be on a mountain yet, but (laughs) I'm going to go up north in in May and I'm going to just have a day where we do breathwork in nature, where we journal in nature, and all you need to bring is a yoga and a, you know, a picnic. And and then everybody that comes, I'm not asking them to pay anything. I want to offer my, you know, coaching. I want to offer my space, my breathwork, and anything that I can do to impact them. But then hopefully we can raise some money, but also raise some awareness around domestic abuse. And I'm... Mm -hmm you know, to all humans as well, because it happens for men, women and children. And Refuge specifically helps with um, women and children that are either in abusive situations or leaving them. And there's a lot of things that go on in the world and there's a lot of support that we could give. And that's the thing, that's the route that I want to go down. And I want to start taking micro actions now to start doing those things so that as I grow, my business grows, hopefully I can have a wider impact. I'd love to eventually just raise awareness for younger women about what is not normal in relationships. Yes, Um, Because I think that I saw so many things were normal and that's why... And by the way, I just want to say that's not from like my parents or anything like that. That's... I've always had a very lovely childhood. My mum and dad are absolutely amazing. I believe they're the best parents in the whole entire world. (laughs) Um, Nah. But I it's i don't know i just thought some things were normal because i don't know because i was i suppose i was a little bit brainwashed and gaslit and just manipulated in that situation and so i want to raise awareness for younger girls around domestic violence and rape that things that are not normal that you can say no that you can walk away and that it's safe to walk away and i just think with eventually, I don't have the path yet or the roadmap yet, but I want to do huge things around that. Um, Yeah, that's the goal.
0: Yeah. Awareness is so important. You know, it is as important as raising money for something like that, because I think a lot of the, the problem is that we're not aware, like as young women, right, you're not aware of what is normal. Maybe it's your first relationship or You know, maybe you're not aware of even the emotional abuse or the controlling, you know, aspects of a relationship. I think a lot of women don't don't know Mm. until they're way into it and, you know, finding it hard to get out. And I think that that is also abuse, you know, the the uh, the controlling element.
1: Yeah, you I definitely didn't realize I was in an abusive relationship. And it was physical mm. as well. I didn't realise. I I which you know you'd probably look in and be like, How did you not realize? But you're so brainwashed. And you know, like living life with it was you know what raised what brought it to my attention? I went to a um gynecologist for something. And then when I was in the waiting room, there was a sign, a poster, obviously through an organization that was trying to raise awareness that said, are you his little princess one day and something, something the next. And it was like a, some form of like horrible language that was used for, you know, women or whatever. And I was like, Mm. that's, that's pretty familiar. You know, that's really familiar. And that's when I first, Had like my first breakdown where I was like, oh my God, this is happening to me. But honestly, living with this person and experiencing physical, verbal and emotional abuse daily to where he just acted like it was normal. So I kind of mirrored that. And then, you know, my friends were trying to help, but they couldn't. So it's that awareness that kind of got me out of it. It was that poster, <laughs> that poster on yeah. the woman that I spoke to next that really guided me. That that's what I needed to see at that exact time. But it's so easy mm. to not realize that you're in an abusive
0: relationship. Yeah, but it's I suppose especially like for for women and I, I know people that have been in abuses, abusive relationships, and I think that um they're like, oh, what? Like he just, he doesn't hit me, he just shoves me. Or, you know, it's like, well, I think it's hard for them to see, right, isn't it? And you'll know this better, but it's hard for them to see because they're not being beaten to a pulp. They are, it's subtle little, you know, shoves or things like that. You know, it's interesting because I've had a question that was,
1: but did he punch you in the face? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know when you're like oh so like doing that is okay but if he punched me in the face then that would be Mm. the next thing
0: you know. Yeah yeah like yeah that's another route we could definitely um, Mm. definitely go down and I think you I love that you share that that part of you as well because I think it's really important to to share not only as as a business owner and entrepreneur, but as a woman, you know, and to want to help other women. It's, yeah, it's, I'm in awe of you and all that you do. I really am.
1: I am in awe of you as well. So I don't know, Natalie who I work with, the lady that I work with, she constantly talks about you and your energy and how infectious it is and you know what you've created Katie and how brave you are in business but also how loving you still are with that as well and how real you still are with that. I look at you and I'm like, yeah, that's one hell of a woman.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it, it has been a journey. And I think you'll, you'll agree with this is that it takes time. You don't just, you know, wake up and suddenly go, OK, I'm going to say it how it is. I'm going to say what's exactly going on in my head on Instagram, right? It takes that time and that confidence to build. Um, I think there's two sides to all of us. Um, Me personally, I find that I have a very compassionate, sensitive, warm heart, but also I'm a go-getter and an activator and I'm like come on let's do it right and I've got that side I'm a Gemini right I've got the two sides and I think that I think that helps people in in some ways but I think when I when I actually mentor people then they really see the both sides and they get to see the more compassionate side and where I can really hold space and help them through a lot of shit right so It's nice to have both. But what, let's get back to you because you've made this about me now and I'm like, (laughs) we're going back to you. So what I have seen that, you know, you do and and the work that you do with your clients has just been phenomenal. Um, The community that you have built and what they all say about you and that you've nearly built this, it is a community, but it's nearly like a cult following, right? Which is amazing. Cult-like following, um, which is amazing because that in itself is people trust you. And I I know why. because That's why we're friends is because we built that trust immediately in the mastermind that we were in together. And I think you come across as the most incredible human by sharing the good, the bad and the ugly, like by sharing all of it. Mm. And also your heart is so fucking big, Rosie, and you can see that a mile off. And it's just, it's incredible to watch. And not only that, the work that you actually do is phenomenal. And the results, the results, right? (laughs) I know. And it's sometimes it's hard to see ourselves, but the like the impact you're already making. I know impact is a big thing for you and you want to help other people and, and change their lives but you are like you're doing that and the results that you get people is amazing and I think that you don't give yourself enough credit half the time either
1: I could cry <laughs> <laughs> I, actually I, I honestly I'm like oh god I'm so red I am um, I I feel like I know what I do is amazing and I but I do feel like as well like they're It's, I think the main thing for anyone that does think, well, how have you built that? You know, how have you built that? Mm. The main thing for me was always about, like, what do I have? What have I experienced and what lessons do I have from life that I can share and that I can give? Mm. And I never went into this business and got ahead of myself, I don't think. And I don't, you know. No, no. I never went in and thought, I don't know, I I fully left my ego at the door and I think that's helped. Yeah. Yeah, Um, definitely. But also I get to work with the most amazing people ever. And I am, every time people come in, if they do not feel like, oh my God, fuck yes, then I'm like, hmm, how do we, <laughs> we need to look at this properly until it feels like a fuck yes. Um, and I've learned that the hard way, I suppose. But yeah, I love what I've built.
0: Yes. And do you want to tell us actually, before we we finish up, like what's next? So what's going on in your world right now? How can people come into your world right now? Tell me, tell me. Um. Okay. So I don't know, I
1: don't know exactly when this episode will be released, Katie, but next week. Okay, perfect. You know what? That is perfect. So you can obviously find me at Rosie Coaching on Instagram. And there's lots of, well, I say lots, there's two core programs that I help business owners with. But there's some things that I'd actually love to mention that I think I'm really excited about right now. So through April, I have a free challenge going on that's for morning routine. And it's really focused on mental health. Now, I am not um, qualified in any way to support people with mental health, just as a disclaimer. However, I do believe that morning, your mornings are so valuable and no matter what your circumstance. So I don't care, you know, if you turn up to the calls with your two kids and your puppy or if you turn up and you're in your dressing gown in bed. Um, it's just about logging on and whether you want to take part, you take part. And if you can't, that's OK. But it's a free, it's literally free for the whole month. And at 7am every day, we're just going to practice some gratitude, set some intentions, do some meditation. It's going to be no more than 20 to 30 minutes. And it's, yeah, just for mental health, just to kind of like build a life again that we feel grateful for. And I've also got a, the, what I planned this morning, that is Absolute Mindset Mountain that we're doing in May. And I've got some really good ideas for it. Again, it's not, all I ask is that you just make a donation to refuge charity. So it, if you, if anybody's listening and they think, all right, I want to be part of that and you can't find anywhere on my page because I'm messy AF and I haven't put any links up yet. <laughs> just send me a message, just send me a DM. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be building a page called Breath Walks and that's going to be around the breath work, the walks and things like that. Cause I want to bring a lot more in, but also raising money for charity there. Um so just if there's anything that I've said that you're interested in, come and just send me a message if it's not obvious where you sign up. And yeah, I'd love to have lots of people on that mountain
0: walk because I'm excited for it. Amazing. And you're doing some retreats this year as well.
1: Yes, I am. God, there's so much going on. I have sold out my retreat that's happening in June. There should be another one in September in Spain, um, which I'm really excited about. Details will be coming soon about that, probably in in a month or so.
0: Amazing. And we're going to do a little collaboration at some stage this year as well. So I can't wait for that. And we're not going to share any more details just yet. But there's uh, there's just I think I think like, you know, one thing about, say, you and I and, and o- other women as well in this space is that like collaboration and doing things together There's always been room for everyone. We've never I never find, you know, that I'm competitive or that my peers that I work with, not even peers, like my friends, my business friends that I work with are competitive in this space, only supportive. And I think it's beautiful to be able to come together and do a collaboration and Mm. have fun like that is what I want to have fun and explore and have amazing women in a room together to have deep conversations and shifts and transformations. And yeah, that lights me up and I cannot wait to do more of that with you. And yes, I'm definitely signing up for that um, morning routine, April. What did you call it again? It's just a free morning routine challenge. That's all it is. Amazing. There's no amazing. Yes. Yeah, because I find that a lot of them are at like half five or six a.m., which is a little bit too early for me. Um, seven o'clock is just nice because it's just before the kids get up, generally half seven. So it's just before they get up. So it's perfect. Yay. I will be there. Amazing. I can't Yay. wait. I'm Thank exhausted. you so So much for joining me today. I cannot wait. I'll put all your links and everything into the show notes. And I cannot wait until this airs because I think it's just been a really, a real heart led conversation, which is just beautiful. So thank you for joining me. I absolutely love you. I love you too. Thank you. Thank you. If you loved this episode, make sure to share it on your social media and tag me at rebelrising.co. I will leave all of Rosie's details in the show notes and I want to thank you for joining me for an incredible episode. Until next time.